0: with less means being able to create a decent amount of content or whatever it is in a small amount of time. So for example, I think about a profession where individuals are often expected to produce a significant amount of work, but maybe don't have much time to do it. I think journalism might be a good example, Um, especially in the context of, you know, like breaking news or tight deadlines, right? Journalists often face pressure to, you know, gather information and they got to go and conduct interviews. They're going to maybe have to write some articles quite quickly because they have to ensure there's timely and relevant coverage of whatever it is they are covering. Um, There's a fast paced nature to, I think, the majority of news reporting, especially again, if it's to do with, uh, you know, breaking news and things like that. So that field has to be efficient. It has to be adaptable. It's got to be capable of delivering quite a bit of accurate content under you know, what I would imagine are usually tight time constraints. So I think that's an example of somebody who has to create a lot of things, like right? a lot of content, produce a lot of output, but not having a lot of time to do that. And, you know, I think we can all relate to that in some form or another, because so much of what we do does come down to creating things, right? I talk a lot, a lot about this, right? I encourage people to build things. But even if you're not building anything specific, I think most of our jobs are you know preoccupied with producing outputs that others expect from us it could be a boss or if we're running our own business it could be customers maybe it's ourselves with a you know side projects that we have maybe it's to some extent all of the above a lot of times we're building things a lot of times we're creating things and we don't want to spend a ton of time doing it we want to get things out the door and so a lot of us, you know if if you're interested anyways in improving what you do, getting better at what you do, a big part of that is getting more out the door in less time. You want to be efficient at what you do, and in last episode, remember, I talked about uh you know a signal for things going well or knowing what you're doing is brevity, right? because when you get better at what you do, you can do it more efficiently, right You can get it out the door more effectively because you've learned something presumably fundamental and structural about. How to kind of rein in the resources of your surroundings and put that together to produce the outputs that you want to produce. And in doing that and creating things, we know that we have to, um, you know, find something that helps us create things. Uh, You know, what do I mean by find something? Well, it's not just kind of having an interest and, and, you know, mucking about. There's this, again, if you want to get better at what you do, there's a decent amount of, trying to find what it is that's going to make you better, right? There's going to be maybe types of information. There's probably methods, approaches, or techniques. Uh, maybe there's specific tools that you want to get good at. But something even more fundamental, something structural, right? You're, try, you're, a, you're trying to get after kind of a core pattern that helps you breed more of what you want to breed, if that makes sense. So I think a big part of creating, well, I know, is is to find something, even if it doesn't have a label, that helps us create a lot of things. I think if you go back to that journalist, right, or journalism in general, you know, they're going to be gather information, conduct interviews, you know, write articles, like I said. And there's going to be some way to do that better and some way to do that not as well. And so they're always, if they want to get better at what they do, hunting after or trying to find something that's going to allow them to do that, right? And in the course of doing that, of course, the goal there is is to achieve a level of efficiency. And it's not, you know, some super robotic efficiency. I mean, I think you have to allow for distraction, you have to allow for some quote unquote wasted time, because it's often not wasted. And it's good to go off the beaten track and get ideas, but at the end of the day, and and again, as per that signal of brevity, you know, we know we're doing it well when we can get it out the door fairly quickly. And I think that's also just part of feeling alive, right? We don't want to spend a ton of time doing the things that we do, it's good to have a good frequency to that. So I think part of creating is achieving efficiency, at least if we're getting better at what we do, right? And there's different ways we can think about how to achieve efficiency, but that's definitely a part of it. And so in line with trying to find something that helps us create things is is we're looking for something intrinsically true. So it's not just maybe tools, uh, you know, methods, mindsets, people to talk to, things to read there's something more intrinsic something categorical in in the sense that or maybe not categorical just something that doesn't really have a label right um it's something intrinsically true about the effort that we're expending okay something intrinsically true about the area in which we're focused it doesn't really have a category it's uncategorical actually it doesn't have a label it's kind of ephemeral and not because it's it's necessarily hand-wavy or ill-defined, but it's just the most true and variant aspects of, of anything that we do tend to not really have language around them. It's more of an emotion. It's more of, an, of, of a feeling almost. But we're looking for that kind of intrinsically true or set of true things that's going to allow us to create efficiently. And the idea is that if we do discover that, one or more things that are intrinsically true, then we should be able to build quite a few different things with just a few pieces, right? That would be the idea. And pieces meaning whatever that is, right? Maybe a few techniques that are in your toolkit, maybe a few tools that you leverage. You don't want to have to call upon an absolute ton of things in order to produce a lot of good work. You want to have a few core things that you can rely on. First, that's cognitively cognitively more you know, manageable, right? The cognitive load is a lot lower When we kind of always know what we're calling upon in a a kind of a repetitive fashion, not to repeat our work, right? The work shouldn't sound or look or feel repetitive, but it should be based on something that is familiar to the creator, that they always kind of know what to expect. Remember my episode where I was talking about how structure breeds freedom, and I was using Eminem as an example and just talking about how, you know, Eminem in some sense always does the same thing. He's always got this. Pattern where he kind of rhymes a sentence with a sentence, or at least quite a few words in a sentence, with many of uh, of the words in the subsequent sentence. And I said, so in some sense, that's always calling upon the same thing. But by calling upon that same type of structure, he ends up breeding all kinds of creativity with it. You know, and not many people would say Eminem lacks creativity. So building lots of different things is the goal, but I think it would be good to do it with the same few pieces, the same kind of intrinsically true things. The same kind of structure, whether these are specific kind of techniques, methods, tools, or things that are kind of uncategorical, unlabeled, you know, they don't really have a name for them, but we kind of feel them and we keep calling upon them as we build. Now, to create a lot of things, whatever that is, using a small amount of stuff like resources, right? A small amount of time, small number of maybe people if we're talking about kind of group dynamics small number of maybe research articles, if you have a research, you know, whatever it is. Usually we think about this in terms of time, though. That would be efficient, create a lot in a small amount of time. In order to do that, that's going to require us to find something generative. Okay, what do what what I mean by generative? Well, let me give you an example. Um, something is generative if it contains an underlying structure, pattern, or, you know, set of relationships that holds true for a large number of instances. So for example, the Fibonacci sequence, that's a series of numbers, right? Each number is the sum of the two preceding ones. So you've got this sequence that goes 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, and so on, right? Because 0 and 1 leads to 1, 1 and 1 leads to 2, 1 and 2 leads to 3, 2 and 3 leads to 5, and so you get every subsequent number by just taking the previous two and adding them together. That's a generative aspect to this sequence. And it lies in the underlying structure and pattern of adding the two previous numbers to obtain the next one. So in other words, the idea of something generative is it's giving you a little thing, right? A little structure, a little pattern. And then because of that pattern, you can breed all kinds of things with it. And so the simple example of the Fibonacci sequence is like just take this kind of little formula here and just start plugging the numbers in and then you get this huge, huge, huge sequence, presumably infinite, and then it follows some well-known pattern, right? But you end up breeding a lot with this little thing. That's something that's generative. And that's kind of the thing that we're searching for. So going back to this notion of creating things, when we want to build stuff, we have to produce, we have to breed, right? We have to, um, hopefully be fairly prolific to generate again, whatever that is content, right? You might be writing, you might be doing videos, you might be, um, you know, giving speeches. Uh, It could be artwork, anything, anything that you're building or creating, you need to get it out the door, it's content of some form, and you need to kind of rein those pieces together, inputs to produce the outputs. And so as part of creating things, we should be looking for something to make that happen and that thing should be a generative, whatever it is, right? Think of it as a generative pattern, as per my example with the Fibonacci sequence, right? And so when we, you know, I mentioned earlier, we need to find something that helps us create things. That's the kind of thing we're after, right? Something analogous to kind of a formula in the Fibonacci sequence, right? Give me something that contains some kind of core truth or core pattern to it that will allow me to breed a lot of different things with it, right? And that ties into efficiency. You know, think about how efficient it is. If you didn't know anything about Let's say generating the Fibonacci sequence, sequence, and someone just said, Well, here's a string of numbers, and, and, and now you have to produce this big string or sequence of numbers. And then you look at it, and maybe you kind of detect a pattern, and then you kind of still, even though you have the pattern, you kind of manually put it in, put it in, you're kind of mentally going through each step. You know, compare that to actually just being given essentially the formula that generates the whole thing. And then you say, Okay, now I'll just plug the number in and go, right? You kind of have this new level of abstraction, this new true kind of compact thing that's going to allow you to generate what you need. That's, that's obviously efficient, right? Um, if you had to program something like the Fibonacci sequence in a computer, you wouldn't want to be writing out, you know, let's say 100 digits of it. You would just want to take this little compact generative formula, if you will, put it into symbolic form and then run the computer program to generate the numbers, right? But that's true for anything we generate in life. To achieve efficiency, we're kind of hunting after something that's generative like that. Something that possesses the capacity to produce lots of things, okay? And and that goes along with looking for something that is intrinsically true. There is something intrinsically true about the pattern that generates the Fibonacci sequence, right? True in the sense that it does capture the pattern of a certain type in this kind of nice compact form, right? So so it's kind of like you have a direct line to nature in a way. Regardless of how useful Fibonacci sequence may or may not be, it's like being in possession of this thing that breeds all that content is saying something more fundamentally true about how that content gets generated, whether that's in nature. If you're looking at the appearance of the Fibonacci sequence in nature or just, you know, doing something in math class or whatever. But again, you don't have to think of the math example. It's, it's always kind of like that. It's like that Fibonacci sequence. You're looking for something that says something more fundamentally true about nature, about work, about creativity. And it is always going to be something that's more abstract like that, right? The the formula that captures the essence of the Fibonacci sequence is something that's more abstract in the sense that any number that you kind of put into that formula as input is going to give you the expected output, right? It's got this generality to it. General things are very true things, okay? Not detailed things. Detailed things are just specific instances, right? General things are where the truth lies because many things subsume into that core pattern. So we're looking for something intrinsically true, kind of like the formula, quote unquote, right? But not necessarily as an exact recipe to follow, just something that happens to breed a lot of content. And building lots of different things, you know, I talked about building lots of different things with the same few pieces, you know, again, kind of like that formula, that's just one piece, right? Or has very few pieces to it, but yet I can get infinitely long Sequence of numbers, right? So something generative is highly efficient, obviously. But why is it effic- efficient? Well, because it encapsulates and expresses a high degree of abstraction and complexity in a compact form, right? So I already kind of said this, but let's use a more specific examples. So I'm a little more real world. Think about programming language, languages. So these are what we use, obviously, to instruct a computer to do what it does. This could be Python or C++ or Java, something like this. Programming languages, the most popular ones, they are Turing complete. What does that mean? Well, the concept of Turing completeness, it's not about the specific details of the language, memorizing details, right? Or it's specific implementation. It's, it's about providing a set of features and constructs that collectively make the language powerful enough to represent any algorithm. So, for example, Python's design, the programming language called Python, it incorporates what do we call you know, universal primitives. And those allow computer programmers to tackle a broad spectrum of problems and create diverse applications. So in other words, the beautiful thing about a programming language is that it's very, very general purpose. It doesn't really matter what you want to make, you can make whatever you want, as long as it doesn't violate the laws of kind of what works on a computer. If it can work on a computer, then you can do it in Python. Certain languages are better for efficiency and speed and things like this. But these programming languages, by being so-called quote-unquote Turing complete, They can be used to create anything. And that's because, anything on a computer anyway. And that's because they are composed of these universal primitives, these building blocks that can be mixed and matched in any way that you want. And that's where you get the expressiveness. That's where you get the creativity. You don't have to have an infinitely large language. You just have to have enough of the core, universally true pieces that allow you to mix and match in near infinite ways. You can think about the lang- you know, your, your spoken language like this as well. I mean, the English language, whatever, it's got 30, 40, 50,000 words as of date, but uh, it's got a lot of words, right? But you can mix and match them in so many different ways. And, and to this day, there's always new books and new stories and new plays and new movies being expressed with that language, things that have never been done before, right? Because it's got enough of those core, universally true pieces. So when it comes to creating things, You know, we're looking for something generative. We're going to get the efficiency if we can find it because these things that are generative and efficient encapsulate and express a high degree of abstraction and complexity in a compact form, right? The complexity comes from all the mixing and matching we can do, just like with the programming language. And that's what allows you to create so many different things. We need to find something that helps us create things. So it's kind of like searching after a programming language, right? You're searching after kind of the few main constructs, whatever those are. And again, they might not have labels, but whatever they are, that's going to allow you to mix and match the pieces of your endeavor, of your area of interest, right? Whether that's, you know, again, you're painting or giving speeches or writing articles, writing books, you know, you have pieces that you use, you need to kind of map those pieces onto something that's going to allow you to create many, many things with it, right? And you're going to be able to do that efficiently because kind of like a programming language, it's got the core pieces that allow good mixing and matching to occur, right? Looking for something intrinsically true is so critical when it comes to the creative process. Imagine you had to come up with your own programming language that would be you looking for something intrinsically true about programming. You wouldn't just go create a bunch of you know, functions or rules that say, well, if someone does this, they can do this. Someone does that, they can do that. You would step back and you would think to yourself, well, what do people really need to do? Out of all the different programs someone could make on a computer, what are they always doing, right? Well, they're always, you know, equating things and they need if-else statements and they need, you know, whatever, whatever. You would look for those things that everybody needs. That's the generality. That's the abstraction. That's how you achieve efficiency. That's how you look for something intrinsically true. So we need to build lots of different things with the same few pieces. To get after those few pieces is to think in terms of abstraction, mixing and uh, matching, and just finding intrinsically true things that allow us to breed a lot of content. So we can do a lot more by doing less. Could argue if we learn to look for universally true things in our work. Okay, so imagine, and let's say you play the piano, you may or may not, but imagine having to play a repertoire of piano music for a Christmas party and you've only got one month to do it. It's one month away. We want you to sit down, play piano, and you have about an hour slot. Okay, so assuming an average song length of three minutes, you could fit approximately 20 songs in an hour, but maybe there's an intermission and some other stuff. So let's say, you have to come up with 15 songs. Well, could you really come up with 15 songs in one month? It seems like a lot, right? It's almost like an album, really. Well, you could by finding the most universal aspects of your style and then branching those off in different ways. So, for example, you might start by saying, okay, I'm just going to start with one song. It's going to be my core song, right? And then I'm going to identify key elements of that song, such as the main melody, the chord sequence, and like a rhythm pattern or something. And then I'm going to start to abstract the melody by simplifying it into its core intervals and rhythm. And then I'm going to start generating variations by changing the tempo and dynamics, modifying the rhythm, transpose it, which means just like shift the entire piece to a different key. Maybe I'm going to change the instrumentation. So I'm taking what I did with the one core song. I'm stepping back and saying, what are the most abstract, universally true things about this song? And now how can I tweak them to make different songs from it. In other words, if you just, if someone told you you need to come up with 15 songs in one month, that's a really daunting task because you're thinking of every individual song as its own thing. If it took me you know, a week to make one song, well, then I'm going to need 15 weeks to come up with 15 songs. But that's not how good creativity works. It might take you a week to come up with the core song, but within that core song are going to be universally true things that work really well with your style that work really well with the way that you need to play the instrument. And if you can step back and understand those abstract things, you can start to think about how to vary those particular aspects, right? Now, again, this might be a little bit jargony if you're not into music, but you can do this for anything, right? We said, you know, there's intervals, there's rhythm, there's tempo dynamics. Okay, I'm gonna song number two, I'm going to change the rhythm and the tempo a little bit. Song number three, I'm going to do kind of the same thing, but I'm going to transpose it to a different key and then change the instrument. Now, if it's piano, the changing instrumentation doesn't make sense, but, well, that's not true, actually. It could be an electrical keyboard and you have all these different instruments. So I'm going to bring in, uh, you know, the, I don't know, the saxophone sound or something like that. And now I'm going to change this and change that. And, you know, if you do this right, then all 15 songs, I think, will really sound like different songs. They will be different songs because all, Songs have something similar anyway. They all kind of subsume to some core structure, right? Um, go back to that Eminem example where I said, look, it doesn't matter what you know song he comes out with. I can always say something that is shared between all of them, right? They, they, they all have this, they all have that. Here's this structure, here's this rhyming pattern. And yet they're all different and they all sound very different, got different backgrounds, got different tempos, got different words. And so, you know, I said, look, We can do a lot more by less if we learn to look for universally true things in our work. I use the piano as a, you know, coming up with a bunch of songs in only a month as an example, but whatever it is, I think this is true. You know, if you had to write an entire book, you might say, oh, it's like 20 chapters, 300 pages, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I've got lots of ideas, but that's just so much work. But it's not necessarily 20 completely distinct chapters that are just as much effort as each other. Although some people might write like this, but that's not a very efficient way to do it. It would make sense to kind of have a a core narrative to what you do. And then have every chapter kind of argue pieces of that narrative or have variations of that same narrative. Even if the topic is different, you have a different topic, but you're still following a core narrative. It's the same thing. You're stepping back. You're looking at what is universally true about your core structure. And then you're breeding new content based on those few things. Okay, so as we go and we create things in life, we can do more with less if we learn to look for the universally true things of what we're creating. That's the thing that we're searching for. That's what's going to help us create things. That's what's going to lead to efficiency. You know, getting faster, you know, in the last episode, I said, find the slowness that moves you, right? A big thing you can do when you move slow is to search for the structure, search for the universality, search for the most universally true things in one example of what you do and then use those universally true things to mix and match and tweak in different ways to produce a lot more going forward. That's how we can achieve efficiency. We need to look for something intrinsically true and you need to be able to step back, slow down, think about things structurally and then use that structure to move quite quickly. We can build a lot of different things by only using the same few pieces each time. And if that's true, then we need to learn how to find and develop universal, quote-unquote, primitives. Those chunks, those pieces that are absolutely universally true under all circumstances and use those to tackle a broad spectrum of problems and to create diverse things, right? So think about, as an example, Lego bricks, right? Lego bricks are simple. They're standardized building blocks. They come in various shapes and sizes. But despite that simplicity, the bricks serve a universal and they serve as universal primitives, right, in the world of Lego construction. You can take those blocks and you can mix, mix and match them in infinitely many ways. You probably remember this from your own childhood. If you have one or more children now, you know Legos make such a great gift because they never get old. They never get old. I mean, even into adulthood, they're pretty fun to play with because you can just keep mixing and matching. You can, you'll you never run out of things to create with Lego. It can always be new, right? Uh, even though there's only a few kind of basic pieces. And so that's a good example of just having those standardized building blocks that allows you to breed a lot of creativity. When we create things, we need to try to find and develop universal primitives in our work. Look for the Lego blocks. What what constitute the Lego blocks in what you do? That's what you're after. That's what you want to find that's going to help you create things in a way that you're kind of, in some sense, always doing the same thing, but you're breeding all kinds of different content with it. That's how you achieve efficiency, and that's what it means to look for something intrinsically true in your work. Be able to step back, be able to slow down, think about the core structure, the universal patterns that you're going to be able to use to make more and more things going forward, and that adds a beautiful level of consistency to your work, right? People need to know what to expect when they hear you, when they see you, when they look at your painting or your sculpture, and they look at your program that you put together, whatever it is. Yes, it should be different. You don't want it to be too redundant. You don't want to always be saying, saying the same thing. But people also want to have something to expect from you. They want to get to know you. And, and that feels good for your own self-identity, right? What is it that you do? What is it that makes you, you? And, and why do you create what you create, right? There has to be a thread that runs through that that is consistent, that is invariant. And so if you learn to step back and look for something that's intrinsically true in your work, not only are you going to be much more efficient in what you do, but in some sense, you'll be very much more true to yourself. It's good to build a lot of different things, but we need to do it with the same few pieces. I think we should build things at a frequent rate, right? Because that's part of being alive. We want to do different things. We want to get our voice out there, our message out there. You can't be spending years on one project. We have to move. We have to live. Nobody knows how long we have on this planet. And it's just very... It's like the opposite of soul saving. It's soul feeding to do things frequently <laughs> because that's what you're meant to do. You're meant to create. You're meant to get it out there. We can build lots of different things, but the way to do that is to build a lot of different things with the same few pieces. Do a lot by doing less. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care.